It's a Real Deal Podcast with Maddie Marshall, brought to you by paintballaccess.com. And we are sitting down here with Marcella Margot from Los Angeles Ironman, and uh, definitely going to pick his brain about, want to talk about your injury, want to talk about the road back from that. I know a lot of guys struggle with that sometimes uh, at different points in their mm-hmm. you know, athletic careers, not even just paintball. Uh, also want to talk about you know, how you guys feel about you know, the next event coming up here in Chicago, and then... And uh, just, you know, continuing just talking about all the different stuff in the league. You know, there's all just right. so many different stories that are going on. And, and you know, definitely uh, there's, a, like I was saying, so much that goes on in the in this sport behind the scenes. So, you know, check out the interviews and other podcasts we've done here and uh, on Paintball Access. And, you know, definitely help share our content, man. Paintball is a fascinating sport. You know, it's it's a very interesting life. It takes so long to, to master this. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we've planned for so long. I mean, we're talking about... Like Marcelo, I mean, you're almost the best player in the world last year, statistically. Almost. Almost. Close. So close. <laughs> I still think you would have got it if they uh, played you out of position. Yeah, are you, are you quite possibly. Bitter? Are you still bitter about that? Uh, not bitter. We didn't get a win, so I'm more bitter about not winning a tournament than losing the Top Gun title. Yeah, but, true. Uh, but would have been sweet, though. Yeah, it would have been sweet. It would have been, been sweet. It would have been, been great. I know, you always, I, I know you're all about the win, and I'll, I'll, I appreciate that. You know, it's definitely... <laughs> That's much more important than personal glory, mm-hmm. but at the same time, man, it would have been just it would have been pretty sweet. badass. Yeah. Just been like, yeah, especially were, first year coming back. They were counting all the kills and uh, and you know all these different stats, and yeah, I was the best guy in the world. Uh, <laughs> why you gotta Why you gotta put it like 50 that? Years Rub it in, man. Like, man, I was the best player in the world that one year. It's all right. It's 2013. Yeah, true, yep. true. And you're six right now, which is you know spitting distance away from first. So. It's right where I was last year going into Chicago. Yeah, that's true. Then uh, yeah. So. Yeah, and then also sign your team up early for the West Coast event because that is uh, the, you know the, the PSPs. It's uh, it, you know it's been selling out this year. All the events have been mm-hmm. awesome, and you know now that the PSPs coming back to the West Coast, that's probably going to fill up you know pretty fast. It's going to be an awesome event. I can't wait for that. Absolutely, Southern California doesn't get much better than I that. I know, man. It's so sweet driving distance from home. Oh, I can't wait. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so go to PSPEvents.com and get your team in the fight. And uh, it's going to be uh, August 18th through the 20th, I believe. Yeah, it sounds about right. I'm actually kind of bummed about driving 16th, to the event. 16th through the 18th, actually. 16th through the of 18th. Of August, okay. yes. There yeah. we go. What, you say you're bummed out of here? Bummed about driving to the event. You don't get miles for driving. <laughs> <laughs> no Delta miles. <laughs> yeah, you don't get those off-season free plane tickets. Uh, exactly. You go, exactly. Like, go That's exactly what they yeah. are. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you could talk to whoever you know sets up the tickets for the team and just be like, you know, I got it this thing <laughs> on that day that we got to be up there. So yeah. if you just... I mean, I know it's only going to be like 100, 100 miles. 100 miles? Hey, every mile counts, dude. Every mile counts. <laughs> so uh, so let's talk a little bit about where your head was at coming into 2012. I just, and I want to bring this up because for guys that are out there struggling through injuries, um, it, it's you know what you were able to do. I mean, you had blown your ACL out for the second time, and you were only 21 at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, and now – a year and a half ish later or almost two years. Well, it, it's right around that time. Now you're, you know, right back at the height of your powers. And, uh, what was kind of, what was going through your mind when you were, when you were sitting there and the doctor was like, man, it doesn't look good. I don't know if you're gonna be able to play the game again. Uh, denial. Really? Yeah. At that point. I mean, it was, it was sad news. Uh, 
I've haven't ever really been too good at listening in that sense. Someone tells me I can't do something. I'm just kind of like, okay, well I'll come back in five months and I'll show you that I did do it kind of thing. Uh, and that, that was pretty much my mindset, you know, and I ended up going to another doctor and was like, you know, I just need to get this checked out second opinion. And, you know, fortunately worked out. The other doctor had a little more faith in the first one. So did they put a cadaver ACL in? Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, they had to put a cadaver in. They did a microfracture surgery, which um, is it's really complicated, actually. I had some torn cartilage around my knee, not the meniscus. Um, it's like actually under the kneecap. And what they had to do was drill a bunch of little holes into my bone and fill it with this, uh, you know, fake cartilage stuff and let that heal. And that was actually one of the most painful parts of the surgery and one of the most difficult parts Were you awake to overcome. For the surgery? No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, uh, not at all. Yeah. They put me out, <laughs> out cold. I was listening to Rogan's podcast the other day and he had this, this, uh, he's a great, um, he's done some amazing books, uh, kind of a, about archeology span guys named Grant. His name is Graham Hancock. And, uh, and he was talking about how he was awake during his hip replacement surgery, Ooh. which is, I mean, by choice. Yeah. By choice. Wow. Like he wanted to stay awake during his hip replacement surgery, which is, I would, I'm, <laughs> I go to the dentist and I want to get put <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> I'm not no, trying no, to wait, be a part so of I that. I have an option to not be conscious. For yeah. This? yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take that, that one. one. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, so when you say painful, just as far as the recovery was concerned, yeah, uh, it was just more difficult because I couldn't, I couldn't apply pressure for six weeks. So you apply any pressure? No pressure. For six weeks. I couldn't even touch my toe to the ground, um, which made the rehab for the ACL more difficult. Did you get super fat just sitting there? Oh gosh, no. But my leg got so skinny. Really? So skinny. Yeah. I, just from not walking on it for six weeks, I was blown away. Because when I tore my ACL the first time, and it was just the ACL and that was it, um, you know, I didn't lose much size in my leg at all. I was able to start working it out fairly quick. Mm -hmm. um, but the second time, because of the microfracture surgery, uh, they didn't want uh, that cartilage to slip out of place. So you aren't supposed to put any pressure on it. So the only things that I could do was try to bend it, you know, um, I was on crutches, like I said, for six weeks. And when I finally got everything off and was able to start putting a little bit of pressure on it, it was one of those strangest feelings. I just don't know how to explain it. It was like my leg wasn't my leg. So <laughs> it, you had a zombie leg, essentially. Uh, pretty much, yeah, yeah. And as much as I wanted to just stand on it, I couldn't, you know. So I still walked around for crutches, I, I think, for another two weeks. But I was able to apply pressure and stuff like that. Um, and my leg was... I want to say half the size as my other one. I'm not even kidding. It was wow. it was significantly smaller. Well, it's it's crazy how much your muscle will deteriorate if you're not yeah. using it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I had no idea. Of, um, if you're on Instagram, I think his name. I think it's A Train Dash 100 or something like that. But he's like a he has like 60,000 followers on Instagram. He's a fitness competitor, and he broke his his uh, um oh god, what is this? The radius. Um, underneath the uh, upper part of your arm. He mm -hmm. broke that in an arm wrestling competition. His rotator cuff? No, like shattered his his bone. Oh. Yeah, like oh. in multiple places. Wow. Like literally in an arm wrestling competition, mid, you know, pull on, on the, right, right in the middle of it, just push, snapped it and it broke in like five spots. <sighs> yeah, and, uh, and so he, you know, this is a weightlifting guy and, uh, and I mean, this dude, he looks like, 
I mean, he's yoked, dude. And so, but he lost so many, and they were like, yeah, you're never going to be the same, blah, blah, blah. And he was kind of like you, like just refused to let that be his story. Like, yeah. just no way, that's not happening to me. So even though he had to go through a crazy rehab process and they finally put his arm back together, he's still now, you know, two years later, just jacked out of his, he's even bigger now than he was before. I, as am I. My legs are definitely stronger than they were before. Um, I didn't do the type of workouts uh, on my legs that I do now, and it's definitely a much more uh, functional type training, which benefits me in paintball. You know, all the workouts that I do help me in paintball, and workouts that I did before were more for aesthetic purposes, I would say, you know, than, than anything. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> just getting jacked. <laughs> um, well, what do, you, what do you do, like paintball-specific workouts? Like what's a good paintball-specific workout that... My absolute like? favorite workout for paintball are uh, burpees with 10 pound weights uh for those of you that aren't familiar with burpees go on google like, uh, like <laughs> look man it up. makers pardon me man you've heard of man maker before uh no oh, i don't think so love man maker you what? start with uh um like 20 pound dumbbells in your hands uh -huh. and then it's essentially a burpee but it also so like okay so you stand there with the, the dumbbells in your hands you go down into a burpee do a row Oh. Back down again. No, okay. I'm sorry. Go down into a burpee, push up, up, row with the right hand, another push up, okay. row with the left arm, and then another push up. Then you jump up, bicep curls with them, military press, you know, into a press. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Fun. You see, that's nice. <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff is great for paintball because paintball is a lot of high intensity endurance training rather than, you know, if you just go for a 30 minute jog, you're not going to help yourself for paintball because paintball is a lot of short distance burst and, and, half the time you're not breathing, you know, and that's a huge issue, but it's one of those things like sharpshooters, you know, they always breathe out right before they shoot. And I think it's something you naturally do when you're trying to aim because it puts your body in kind of a, a relaxed position so you can be most accurate. Um, and you know, all, all the distances to bunkers and off the break, it's, it's short, you know, 15, 20 yards at the most. So, you're exerting all of your energy, diving and just taking it all out of yourself on one little short burst. And that's the type of training that you need to be doing. And, you know, like I said, doing long jogs and stuff like that just doesn't help you. I know personally because that's what I used to do. And then I would go play paintball and I'd be exhausted. I'm like, what? I don't get this. I can run miles. You know what I, I mean? Run 10 miles. I, exactly. I you know, I could jog as far as I want. You haven't been sprinting. It haven't been sprinting. Yeah. And even sprints, uh, those are very good, but. I think burpees really get you in the motion of using every single muscle and it's muscle endurance that you gain. Um, I mean, try it, go do 10 burpees. <laughs> You're going to be tired if you haven't done them before. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's definitely my favorite one. Well, for people that are too lazy or didn't play football in high school, describe or too lazy to go and YouTube it right now. Okay. Burpees, try to describe, describe it. it. Yeah, describe okay. It. So you have these 10 pound dumbbells in your hands. You stand up in a fully, uh, up, upright position. And with, the dumbbells down at your side, you bend your knees, place the dumbbells to the ground, and then you kick your feet back behind you, do a push-up, mm -hmm. and then pull your knees under you and jump up as high as you can, raising the dumbbells above your head. So it's a really quick motion, and you try to do 10 in a row, and usually you're pretty tired after the 10th. Take a quick break and, and do it again. Yeah, so... And that's also good for people that want to like lose weight too. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, short bursts of high intensity, yep. like interval training, yeah. is like the quickest way to yep to hit workouts. Out. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, what sort of like what's your favorite drill? Like, is more paintball specific, skill oriented drill right now? 
anything that involves snap shooting. Yeah. I, I've said this over and over. I will always preach this. I think snap shooting and running and shooting are the most important things. So on a field layout, when we get the layouts, I love to set up targets in different spots uh, where I think I'll be shooting that person, <laughs> you know. So I'll, I'll set up a target, you know, maybe down the Dorito tape, and I'll get in that Dorito, and I'll, I'll just sit there and shoot with the target over and over and over. And it just becomes muscle memory, you know. It's something that I've, I do over and over until when I'm actually in the game, it's just natural. It just comes to me just like that. And I think every player should work on that kind of stuff. If you can come out and have your first ball on somebody or – not even hit them, but put them in and then be accurate while you're running and shooting, you could pretty much do anything on the field in theory. You know, you could put someone in, you could make a move to the next bunker and not worry about him shooting you because you're shooting at him. I was going to say, running and shooting is huge because you are a walking bunker if you can shoot absolutely at somebody. And it's ginormous for off the break. Um, there's so many field layouts where people will get shot going to corners, and Mouse is a great example of it. He's an extraordinary uh, runner and shooter. He is really accurate when he does that, and he'll make it almost every time. I've watched the kid run and shoot to the snake uh, multiple times where teams know Mouse is going to the snake. He's running and shooting shoot him and they can't shoot him and it's because he puts that back center guy in makes him flinch exactly and same thing with me I, I found that I have a lot of success when I run out to corners and I shoot when I don't shoot I just sprint out there I get shot um it does come down to fundamentals. If you just work on that kind of stuff, you know, closing drills and and doing stuff like that with your team is also good, but I think the more the most crucial type of drill is any sort of fundamental drill. If you want to set up a target and run and gun with it, if you want to set up a target and snap shoot with it, any of that kind of stuff, that's going to be where you gain the most benefits. Yeah, I I totally agree. It, it's and I also believe in working on cuz a lot of times guys want to go out and either just scrimmage you know, cause, and I understand you want to have fun out there. You know, obviously that's the first thing you want to have fun. Uh, but if you're serious about really, you know, maybe you've played paintball for a while or wherever you are, whatever stage you are in your, in your journey. Um, if you really want to get better, then you, A, definitely need to play people that are better than you, mm-hmm. obviously. And then also you need to work on your deficiencies. I mean, mm-hmm. you see a lot of these, these teams that are trying to, you know, fight for relevance and either get up out of the, the, the challengers division now or maintain their champions spot. But, you know, you see a lot of these, these teams that are filled with less experienced guys and they have the high level of talent. They are fundamentally sound, but they'll get to good spots and then get shot out. You know, oh, yeah. so it's like, 100%. yeah. So it's one of those things. It's like, okay, well, if you're the, you should start out every single practice by just doing situational drills almost, you mm-hmm. know, start out with snap shooting, like get, get, we actually, get warmed up, but do situational drills. Yeah. We like to start our practices out with one-on-ones. I think it's just a great way to get your blood flowing. You know, you have to engage in a gun battle. You have to engage in one person and, uh, it's all technical. You know, I love one-on-ones. <laughs> I absolutely love them. Um, it's who are the best one-on-one players on the Ironman in your, just in the drills, in the drills, Yeah, who prevails? Um, I'm sure, you know, it's a one-on-one, so everyone's going to shoot everyone at some point in time. But. Yeah. Uh, mouse and A-Rod are really good. Um, yeah, you know, they're both fundamentally really capable of beating anybody in a one-on-one, I believe, because they work on those gun skills all the time. You know, A-Rod has a great snapshot. He is constantly doing drills. He's constantly out there. Uh, 
we'll be exhausted after practice and I'll look over and see A-Rod still snap shooting with something and it's like, all right, guys, let's go finish this paint then, you know, and it's inspiring to have that type of dedication. Um, Mouse is the same way. Uh, and I do think there's a difference in starting the game as a one-on-one and it breaking down like that in a tournament into a one-on-one because for some reason there's just a split second when it breaks down in an actual game where you have to make a right decision instead of when the game starts out as a one-on-one. Well, also just think about the bunkers you have at your disposal. I mean, you should yeah. totally be doing one-on-ones where it's like, okay, I'm going to be in Dorito 3 and then you're going to be at the 50 snake and now yeah. the one-on-one begins. Yeah. You know, because think about it, like realistically, the majority of the time, unless the only way you would ever be in back spots, both of you guys in the, at the starting, starting gate is if it came down to a shootout on Sunday mm-hmm. and you guys tied up. That'd be the only Which way Which I can't that ever, wait to see. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Well, one of the most dramatic games at uh, the Mid-Atlantic Open was a divisional game. Yeah, I saw that. D- I watched it on the web. DC Devastation. Uh-huh. Yeah, DC Devastation. Uh, I think they played, was it Boom or Lift? I can't remember. But uh, but yeah, they, they played to a dead tie. They played the three-minute overtime, played to a tie. And so they sent Brandon Rabikoff, DC Devastation sends Brandon mm-hmm. Rabikoff, Justin Rabikoff's brother younger brother out to play the first one and he ends up winning the first one but it was that's the first time we've seen one-on-ones yeah you know because you, you know and i love that format i think that's the most awesome idea three minute overtime it's perfect it, you know it's a perfect amount of time you're either going to do it or you're not you know and then it goes into one-on-one shootout which is just super it's dramatic awesome super awesome dramatic to yeah totally awesome you know me versus you uh, i love it if you're playing for either to go on or the win oh or yeah something. You're, you're i can't imagine when that happens in the finals yeah, and it's bound to happen. Eventually, it's, <laughs> it's bound, bound to happen. It's bound to happen. It'll, it will go down in history. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it, and uh, it's yeah. One on ones are great to watch, but yeah, it would, it would it would be cool to see. So who would you other than you take yourself out of the equation? The Ironmen are going to play one on ones. You're the coach. You're in Mike Hinman's position. Who are you sending out to play one on ones? Uh, can I include myself? <laughs> If you would like, you got five guys to send okay. out because you well, choose five dudes. I would definitely include myself. I, I like I said, I love one on ones. I think it's something I prevail in. I would send out Alex Goldman, A Rod, um, probably Stephen Pitts, and Mike Paxson. I think that'd be pretty solid. Paxson is, you know, he's a bigger target, but he's a really good gunfighter. Yeah, and he's very seasoned in that, those situations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's not a bad five. Yeah, I not necessarily in that order, but that's the five that I would I'd put out there. Uh, yeah. So, how do you feel about this event coming up? Like, how what's your practice schedule like? Like, how what are you guys working we have a on? Great practice schedule. Um, we were out at Camp Pendleton doing drills yesterday. We've Most of us have been playing every weekend since MAO. You know, I know all of us are really hungry. Uh, this weekend, we have Excessive coming into town, so they're driving down to practice us Saturday and Sunday. And then the following weekend, we actually drive up to Sacramento on Thursday to play against Impact uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's going to give us a really good look. It's going to be tournament style. You know, I think we're going to run actual matches. We're going to be away, staying at a hotel with the team, you know, so team dinners, the whole thing, which I think is going to be huge for us for building that team chemistry, which we've been lacking, which is really interesting because, you know, we're all such good friends and it's there, you know, and like we've touched on before, I think it really is just pressure that we're putting on ourselves that doesn't need to be there. Um, I I think we're ready to lift that pressure off of us. Uh, So anyway, yeah, so we're going to practice 
against Impact that weekend, and then we fly out to the event on Wednesday, and we'll do a light scrimmage with royalty on Thursday. So uh, lack of practice will definitely not be an excuse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So how do you feel about some of the other favorite, you know, bigger name teams that have been prevailing in the past that, you know, aren't quite in winning form yet? I mean, the first one is Tampa Bay Damage. They've taken second to Dynasty twice mm -hmm. uh, this year. So, you know, honestly, not looking bad at all. I mean, no, they look pretty, no, they pretty look like a great team right now. Two second places in a row. But for them, that means that they failed. And you would be saying the same thing if you mm -hmm. were if I if you had guys had taken second place twice, we'd be having the same conversation. Mm -hmm. But you know, what do you think that they need to you know to get it to that winner circle again? Because they just lost Jacob Edwards. Mm -hmm. They have a new coach this year in Kevin Brethauer, who you know coached the Ironman last year, and so they're they've also they're a team in a little bit of transition. Um, mm -hmm. They got Brian Smith back, who's I feel's you know he played amazing in the very first event in Dallas. He's, yeah. He's probably their best player. I think Brian Smith has been playing really well. Um, with them, I, I don't know. It's interesting because they look so strong and dominant throughout the prelims and even through most of the you know the semi games. And I think in both matches against Dynasty, it just comes down to that first point. Uh, the field layouts have kind of been like that, where that first point has really dictated the entire match. And it's, it's very lame to say but it's just how the fields have played. You get that first point, and then you can kind of sit. That's why we've seen some slower games. Um, you know, you could just sit back and, and make them come to you, and they have to make the mistakes. Well, the last, of, the last one, definitely, but I wouldn't really say that about Dallas. We saw some pretty... Pretty crazy games and pretty crazy. Like we saw, you know, like Dynasty. Yeah. The only reason they were three able to points come back in like is, two minutes, yeah. something like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, the moves were possible and it was there for sure. But uh, the last event, as far it was uh, a situation where I feel there wasn't a lot of reward for the risk. You know, where you yeah. get up there far and you know there was a lot of shots from Snake One. There was a lot of shots from you know just mm -hmm. and so. But um, I'm thinking Dallas or uh, for Chicago, there's going to be a hyper aggressive layout. So love that. Yeah. Love that. Can't wait to see it. When does it come out, by the way? Uh, this, well, it will already have been out by the time people hear this web, this podcast. So Okay. Yeah. But, uh, nice. Yeah, so it's coming out soon. Very soon. Yeah, very soon. <laughs> All right. Get to, to get a good glimpse on it. But, yeah, I mean, with, uh, with Damage, you know, I mean, they, they still have so much talent that, you know, I think Rainey was a big pickup for them. Huge pickup. You know, definitely a bigger loss for us than I think we wanted to admit. He was... Uh, he filled in that role player for them. You know, that's just a solid secondary. He could kind of play anywhere on the field. Uh, he murdered us when he played us in MAO, just shooting us off the break. I think he personally shot me three or four games in a row, um, which serves me right. I think I talked a little bit of smack on him leaving. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> Karma gotcha. Yeah, I've known Rainey forever. You know, he's a good friend of mine. I just, it is what it is. Uh, and he was a big pickup for them. And I think... Maybe maybe it wasn't the reason they lost Dallas, but I really do think that first point was huge in MAO. Um, and uh, I don't know. I didn't really watch the full game. I was kind of upset about our loss, you know. Well, you should probably scout that game. Because yeah. You oh, I play. I know. In that exact I know. Situation <laughs> at some point. And you guys have already lost to Dynasty yeah. in the quarters twice. Mm -hmm. I've definitely watched all of our games against Dynasty multiple times, and. You know, like I said, it's hard to pick out one thing. It's just micro things here and there. You know, uh, that first point, 
a freak accident happened. You know, we shoot Yosh off the brake. That's not the freak accident, but did you try <laughs> we, to key up on Yosh? We did. Yeah. That was exactly yeah. what we said we wanted to do. Our game plan against Dynasty was shoot Yosh off the brake. Don't worry about Dalton going wide. Shoot Yosh off that side, and we're and we're pretty good. Win that first point, and then kind of make them come to us. That was that was our game plan, and uh, I really felt that that's just how the field broke down. I do think that was the best way to play that field, and that's how Dynasty won the tournament. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we we shoot Yosh on the break, and the freak accident was Steven was making a move, and Corey Bornstein accidentally shot him in the back of the head. You know, down the Dorito side. Oh, that's never which a good time. It, very tough. I hate to put my boy on blast like that, but you know, it it was it's kind of a game changer. And then, you know, I dropped the ball as well. I, I filled all the way across into the Dorito. Um, I got a shot on Alex in the snake. So we were still up four on three at that point, And I got caught wrapping. Dalton made a really good move to step out wide on the wire and get a shot on me. Um, you know, and that was just good teamwork because uh, I talked to them about how they did that move, and it was just Tyler Harmon, when he made the fill over into the tower, he was talking to Dalton and was like, okay, he's rapping on me now. Step out and, you know, just good teamwork. That That's kind of how Dynasty's been winning all year, just playing together and just being on the same page. Um, and, you know, we ended up losing that point, which I, I, if Steven was alive, I feel like we would have definitely won that point. Um, and, you know, it may have been a different story, but... You can't blame it all on one point. You know, that was a crazy game. For for those of you who, for some reason, missed out, you should go back and watch it. That was one of the most fun fun games I've played in in a long time. Yeah. No, there's, yeah, we have those games on demand, man. So you can definitely go and watch these semifinals and finals yeah. matchups and see how these teams have been matching up against each other this year. But, yeah, I think it's crazy, though, because there are legitimately a lot of teams that have a chance to win tournaments this year. Oh, know? yeah. Obviously, I mean, in the – it's been, Well, it's been Dynasty and Damage for the past two events – but I think that that, not to take anything away from Dynasty or, or Damage, but to have both the same, the same teams in, in the finals is a relatively an anomaly when you look at the field, you know, because you have Infamous and you guys and Heat. I mean, there's, you know, there's X Factor. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams out Any there. Any team can win it. Yeah. Any team, I believe, can win it. You know, if they hit their stride and are all playing well together, that's the champion's division for a reason. Yeah, and then uh, how do you feel about the Tauntauns playing with them so well this year? Uh, they're bound to make a Sunday for sure. Um, they've won two Millennium events in a row. Well, that's at, what I was gonna say because like they've been building steam, and we you know that that's the way to do it. I mean, if yeah, you can learn how to win because it is it's a very uh, transitory and elusive thing. Is that the mental vibe you get? And and the thing with that team that's that I think would be scary when you're looking at them is, is that they keep playing their starting five or starting six dudes over and over and over again. So we want to talk about finding a rhythm, you know, th their ability to get that many reps with the same amount of guys and to have their guys play well together. Mm -hmm. And then now win two events in a row over in Europe and beat good teams to do it. You know, they had to beat heat in the finals and, and, uh, in Germany and impact in the first one. So, you know, they're beating really good teams out there. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's one of those things that I think that they could contend over here. Well, they do contend over here very well. I think, I think, um, they throw a lot of points away where they have the point completely won. They do a very good job of shooting off the break, which is something we are going to work on because we have done pretty poorly in that department. And, um, 
yeah, the Tauntauns, they do that very well. And they'll go up bodies, you know, and lose four on twos and, and stuff that they shouldn't be losing, you know. And they don't lose those points that are, you know, they've already done most of the work to win the point. They just need to start finishing them. And I think they would have a lot more wins under their belt. But uh, I just think it's a matter of time with them, honestly. Uh, I think they're a very good team. And we actually play them in Chicago, and it's definitely not a sleeper team. Like, they're, you know, they're on my list where – they're going to give us a good game. Well, I think at this point you can't look at the Tauntauns and think if, I mean, if you think that you're going to get an easy game out of the Tauntauns at this point, you're you kidding just, yourself. You're kidding yourself. You are, are foolish. You have yeah. not been watching a game exactly. this year because you know, they have those man for man. They're, they're putting yeah. some really good points on the board and, and doing what needs to be done out there. So, you know, and it's and cool to see cause they have, you know, they have, uh, you know, they have Axel who was originally, you know, he's French. So now the Tauntauns are coming over. I mean, that's, you know, arguably the best player in France, and so for him to be playing the snake for them, solid. And then uh, you know he's the other playing guys, really well. Yeah. He's even playing the Dorito side <laughs> really yeah. well. You well, know, that's the thing they have so many he's much, and they yeah. call Samuelson. Mm-hmm. Wow, and Colombo and Colombo's good. Um, I mean, there's a that they're they're deep. producing they're pretty deep. And the thing about them is they are fundamentally sound. That is something they're so good at. Like I said, shooting off the break and snap shooting their gun skills. All of them work on that stuff so much, and. I think that's why they're able to give these teams such, you know, such good fights. Well, and another thing too is that they had, or names that we really haven't said much since the very beginning of the season in uh, Stephen Lasher and Heyman Chapman, who they'd picked up from T1 Top Gun Union to come on and kind of give them a little bit more depth. The guys that had played pro before, and you know, Slasher played for the Russians, played for Trauma. I'm sorry, uh, um, Chapman had played for Trauma and the Russians, mm-hmm. and Slasher played for Infamous. So. You know, those guys had had some pro experience, but they didn't get any playing time pretty much this entire, you know, year. So they left. They're not on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. They went back to T1. And I think that, you know, T1's a challengers team, and that could really help their chances out in the challengers division. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't – I think it'll help Top Gun. I don't think it'll hurt the Tauntauns. No, I don't think it's going to yeah. – I'm not saying it would hurt the Tauntauns because yeah. obviously they've been, you know, doing fine without Exactly, them. yeah. And, uh, and so – but I just think that that – I'm, I'm interested to see how well Heyman and Slasher are going to play for T1 because they've probably got to feel some sort of immediacy for themselves now. It's like, okay, well, we went on to the Tauntauns thinking we'd be like the big American you know, team guys coming over mm-hmm. to help this European team mm-hmm. out. And then that European guys <laughs> went and did, did it without them. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. now they're going back like, well, all right, mm-hmm. you know, it's time to, to prove it again because you know, those guys are good, man. They definitely can play. Um, it is. It's interesting the challengers division teams because I think royalty would be good one of these days. You know, yeah, I. You know, I think they're a really good team. I think they're just kind of right there, just barely missing it. And I think they'll definitely be a really good team. There's a lot of you know Shane. Shane's just an amazing person to have around any paintball team. If you want your paintball team to get better, try to hire Shane Bastana. Uh, he just has a way to bring the best out of in players, and he understands the game. His his paintball IQ is incredibly high yeah he's one of my heroes man i mean learned a lot about the game from playing with him for uh, me too. so many years yeah and uh he's just so he's one of those coaches that's so charismatic that yeah you want to you you raise your level of play up because for you, him for him you want absolutely to go out there and do whatever you possibly can because he's so behind you, mm-hmm. you know? it's really rare to find that in a coach yeah. and I, I do believe he's one of the best coaches to ever you know coach the game and so now he's got, you know, like Toe Camel played for the Ironman, now went back to mm-hmm. Royalty, and they've got Chris Cat on the team. Mm-hmm. He used to play for the Ironman, now he's on Royalty. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, they have some really – Daniel Lopez, did he quit? Is he quit? Yeah, he quit. Yeah, he quit. He was good too. 
He was getting there. Yeah, he was, he was getting there. He was, he was getting. It was getting to the point where it was like, okay, how good could, how good could he be? be? Yeah. But you know, they have weapons on that team. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, but it you know that's another thing. Even in in the challengers division, is that these teams that a lot of you know the paintball fans haven't really heard a lot about. They're those guys could you know. You never know what's going to happen with those guys, too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be pretty interesting. Chris Cat, I saw him out at Velocity Paintball when he was, I think he was 12 years old. He was about three feet tall. <laughs> he's still, he's about three five now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember he was in all yellow dye gear, and his gun was bigger than him. I was like, started talking to him and pulled him aside and ran some games with him. And uh, that kind of introduced him to tournament style paintball and then he started playing with wrecking crew and so it's been awesome to watch him grow up and i think he's a a great player um he's definitely a big pickup for for royalty what do you think about impact i think they're kind of in a deep you know i mean i think they're in a similar situation as us they're just trying to find their stride and start uh you know figuring out a way to work together they have all the pieces they just need to put it together um we actually we played them twice in Germany just now with uh, London Nexus over there. Uh, they lost to the Tauntauns in the semifinals. Um, and just close matches, you know, it's just little stuff that, like I said, I think eventually it'll come together for them. How is it playing over in Europe with Nexus? Honestly, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I have a great time when I go over there. Um, the Nexus talk, is good again. They're good again, yeah. yeah. Good again, and man. you know what? It's team chemistry. That that team has more chemistry than I I almost want to say any team I've ever played for, and that's a big statement. Maybe the Ironmen in, in you know, 07, 08, we had a pretty good thing going, but their team chemistry is just – you could tell that they have played together for so long and are just brothers and, you know – uh, and I have to say Dynasty. When I played with Dynasty in Vegas, that was a blast. You know, it was just tons of fun. I really think that's why they're doing so well this season is because they just go out there and they have a good time, you know, and they put in the work. They have tons of talent, but, you know, they have fun with each other, and that's that's huge. It really is. Um, and the Nexus guys, you know, they always have team barbecues, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to every event with those guys. Who are the good players that deserve credit on that team that a lot of, you know, the, maybe the, the, the fans in the States haven't heard of before? All of them. Um, Clint Moore is, you know, he's an old school player. I, I started calling him the Billy Wing of Europe. <laughs> he's 100% that guy. Um, he's awesome. He uh, does a lot with the art of winning. You should check that out. It's like his clinic packages, stuff like that. Um, Ash. He's been playing for a really long time. He's our snake player, and he just gets up there and gets in your face. He is fearless. And uh, I think for the past few seasons with Nexus, he was playing more of the two role and wasn't really being productive, you know, and and that's what happens. You you want your players where they're most effective. And so they put him back up there. Clint plays behind him. Um, The guy, Sean, he plays the two on the Dorito side, and he's only been playing for like four years, and he's just real solid, real solid, always consistent, you know, technically sound. And then um, a kid that really deserves a shout-out is George. He's their their first Dorito player, and he's six. He may have just turned 17, but he's super young and really talented. Like, the kid can flat-out ball. He's aggressive. Um, He knows when to make the right moves. He pulled off a a two-on-one at the event against – I actually – who was it against? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, he made a sweet move down the Dorito side to bunker one guy and then one-on-one-on-one, on one on one, you know, and uh, 
I think with him, just the more experience he gets, he's going to be really good if he stays dedicated. Is he like Jacob Edwards of Europe right now or something? Because, you know, Jacob's not even 18, and he's been at a high level for a long time. It's just interesting. When you no, see, he's... You were, you were one of those guys. I mean, you know, there's been guys that have come up that were really young and playing pro, and it's kind of... That's unique. That doesn't yeah, happen a lot. Not, I don't think so. I think he's really underrated and super low-key. Um, and Nexus hadn't been winning much, you know, so it's not like he was getting... A ton of press. Getting much, much spotlight, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, as far as, and you know you're teaching a lot of clinics too, where can people get in touch with you for clinics? Oh, guys, hit me up anywhere. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, email Marcelo Margot at me.com or marcelo at dieprecision.com. And, uh, you know, if you're looking to set something up in your area, just get me connected with a field owner. If you are a field owner, even better. Um, and let's make it happen because, you know, these events are a lot of fun. I like to make sure to leave you guys with tools that you can use for as long as you play paintball uh, to work on your fundamentals and basic, basic drills. And I like to, you know, have fun. I think it's really important to make sure everybody has a good time at the clinics. And, you know, I, I like to break down more situational stuff and, you know, kind of share knowledge of the game rather than only teach the fundamentals. Cause I think, you know, if you could help share the experience and knowledge as well, then, you know, everybody wins and everybody has a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, how's your summer look? Are you just got crazy travel coming up here? I mean, oh, man, crazy it. travel. Yeah. So right now I, uh, like I said, we have practice this weekend against excessive. Then we drive up, we drive up North, uh, next weekend to play against impact. I come back Sunday night, leave Wednesday for Chicago, come back Monday, leave Wednesday for Canada for the CXBL, come back Monday, leave Tuesday for London, um, and I might stay two weeks out there to do a clinic, uh, you know, the weekend after, which would be cool. Um, not sure where we're going to do it yet or what, what exactly is happening. Um, and then I come back and I actually have a few weekends off as of now, but I'm looking to fill those weekends in with a little clinic package that I'm putting together. So Nice. Yeah. Well, before we sign off, you want to thank some sponsors or give a shout out to anybody? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, obviously, thank you to all you guys for listening to the podcast and watching the webcast. You know, it's it's because you, you guys were able to do this and continue doing this. So please share with your friends. If you have any buddies or, you know, anyone that doesn't know about paintball, share our story. You know, come on here and, and let them see the games. Let them see the action. Let them read the stories listen to the podcast, some interesting stuff that Maddie puts up here. You know, I want to thank you, Maddie, for everything you're doing for the sport. I want to thank Die, obviously. You know, um, Dave Youngblood is just a godsend to the sport of paintball. Everything that he's done to put in, you know, his, his own time, money, and effort to make things happen is, you know, everybody should be very thankful of that. Um, yeah, uh, shout out mom and dad. If you guys listen to this, love you guys. Yeah, and uh, yeah, make sure to watch Marcelo coming up here on the webcast and see how the Ironmen do. Uh, you know, big things. Hopefully, uh, I mean, obviously, Definitely. you know, you guys aren't where you want to be yet, but it still is going to be pretty cool to to watch you guys try to step up and try to win a tournament. But that's the crazy thing is that I mean, roll the dice. Who knows who's going to win this next one? I mean, obviously, you know, Dynasties they've won two events so far this year, so. You know, they got to put them as the favorite. But, you know, I mean, between you guys and the other, maybe I'd say top eight teams, like, yeah, it's, it's I, you know, crazy. after, like I said, after watching the webcast, I really took a lot on myself. And I just know that there's so much more I could be doing out there to be win helping the team win these games. And, uh, 
definitely look for that in Chicago. Uh, I'm feeling good, and I think it's going to be a good tournament for us. Well, we're going to get an aggressive layout, so I can't wait to watch. I you appreciate on the that side of the field. <laughs> And also make sure to sign your team up. Go to PSPEvents.com and August 16th through the 18th, West Coast Open. Uh, sign up early for that. And, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to The Real Deal Podcast. I'm Matty Marshall, and we'll see you guys next time. Make sure to check out paintballaccess.com for all the insight we have behind the game. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be a crazy year. We're going to keep you updated with more stories, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Absolutely. And uh, also, guys, follow me on Instagram. I always have cool behind-the-scenes pics. Uh, you know, shoot me a like on Facebook. Keep you guys updated with some of my workouts and stuff like that. And, yeah, see you next time. Peace. Peace.